0: Take your Bibles this morning. If you need a Bible, there should be a a Bible in the pew in front of you. So if you need one, just reach up there and grab one out of the pew. That'll be fine. Uh, We are in the book of Hebrews. If you're visiting with us today, we are grateful you are here at Community Baptist Church. And as everyone is finding their place in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, let me extend uh, another invite to our visitors as well as maybe some of you who've been coming for a little while um, and and are not an official member. Next Sunday morning, we kick off what we call our new members class. Now, that doesn't mean you have to join Community Baptist Church. But what it does is it gives you a lot of information that you want to know about who we are. It's a a great class. Uh, It's about six weeks long. You don't have to, you know, just just come to the first one. That's what I'm asking. If you're here visiting today, you want to know more, come to that first class. Uh, You'll get some information about the church. Uh, It's a week we bring breakfast, so it's a good time. You're going to get fed, and uh, it's just a great opportunity. So I want to extend a personal invite. If you're visiting today, you're considering Community Baptist Church, next Sunday morning at 945. Just plan on being here for that, and I think you will find it uh, enjoyable and uh, hopefully helpful. So I just want to get that out there. Hebrews chapter 10. As you know, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. If you are visiting with us, uh, you can go back online uh, and check us out at our website, cbclagrange.org. We have all of our past studies in the book of Hebrews there. You can watch it on video. If you have a smartphone, you can download our app. Uh, Go to the Google Play Store, cbclagrange.org, and then also if you have a Roku at home, you can follow us uh, streaming on Roku Live and also past archives. Just do a search for Community Baptist Church. Um, That'll get you up to speed on where we are in Hebrews chapter 10. We pick up our reading today in Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 25. Follow along, if you would, in the Scriptures as we read Hebrews 10, verse 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is His flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confidence of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Father, I pray that you will honor the proclamation of your word. Lord, you said that your word would not return void, that it would accomplish that which is sent forth to do. And Lord, I pray that the listening heart today would be attentive to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. This is your message. I'm simply a messenger. Lord, let me be a vessel today, clean for your use, for your honor. And Lord, I pray for our hearts to be attentive to you, that we might not only hear you speak, but that we would respond in obedience to what you would have us do with this message. Tear down our walls of defense and help us to sit humbly before you, our Creator, our Redeemer, lover of our soul. Thank you for this precious time. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon is entitled, Confidence. In Christ. You know, we live in a day where you see all over the magazine racks and bookshelves the self help books, the, you know, uh, how to better yourself in 21 days or less, and, you know, all these teachings that uh, are all about self motivation. You know, trying harder, doing better, disciplines in your life, and, and these things to, to reshape the you, how to get ahead in business and how to be successful and, and all these kind of books that are out there to self-help. But guys, I'm reminded of the Word of God that tells us, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? The confidence I'm going to speak about this morning has nothing to do with you, but has everything to do with Him. And so as we unpack this passage, I want us to think of, again, where is your confidence? Is it in you? Is it in your abilities? Is it in your intellect? Is it in your skill set? Because if it is, gang, we will fall woefully short. I remember um, when I was a youth pastor in Salisbury, which by the way, pray for, Lord willing, the 17th will be there ministering to those folks. Pastor Dean will be here bringing the message. Um, But pray for that time. But I remember when I was a youth pastor in Salisbury and I got a phone call one morning from one of the elders in the church and and he uh, ran a John Deere dealership there in town and uh, was uh, in partnership with um, the president of Foodline, uh, Tom Smith. You remember remember the old Foodline commercials, the ACC? I know Mark remembers these old oh, ACC commercials and, and the founder, president of Foodline, Tom Smith. Well, this guy calls me up and says, Jeremy, me and, me and Tom Smith are headed down to Jack Ralph's Racing headquarters this morning. thought maybe you might want to come. Thing that you need to do today. I said, oh no, I need to be with you. <laughs> so, so both him and, and Tom Smith came and picked me up in this, you know, really fancy SUV, and it's like, man, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Tom, you know. And, uh, and, and anyway, you, you, you kind of, if you've ever met somebody, and look, yeah, we, we live in a sad society, let's just admit it. I mean, I was in awe of the food line president. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, but come on, you would have been the same. Don't, don't play like you wouldn't. <laughs> So, but you know, a great man, great guy. He was really nice. In fact, later he opened up his home to our youth group, but just a, a, just a really down to earth, simple man, great guy. But I remember we went out that day to Roush Racing and went in the headquarters. And, and as soon as we walked through the door, of course, everybody's recognizing Tom Smith, you know, as he's walking through. And you can almost hear as you're walking by, hey, ain't that the guy from Foodline Commercials? You know, and, uh, but we went right through. You know, we met the guys, and, and they, we got the VIP tour of, of this racing hick, all the, all the cars and how they build them, and the, and the transmission shop and the engine shop, and it was just like, man, this is really cool. Not once that day was I concerned that somebody was going to say, hey, whoa, 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 who are you? You can't be in here. You need to go. Get out of here. All right? Because of who I was with. I had confidence with who I was with. He had it under control, and so we walked and we, you know, checked things out. Now, guys, that's a that's a weak illustration, but let me tell you what we've been studying in the book of Hebrews tells us this loud and clear. We have access into the very presence of God because of Jesus Christ, His shed blood he purchased us at Calvary my confidence in that day when I walk into the very presence of God is not because of Jeremy and his ability or what he's done and what he's not done but it's based solely on who I know who I'm with the person of Jesus Christ and so I want us to think about this and and our confidence is in Christ and so we find ourselves in this text. But I want to give you another verse. Think of uh, Psalm 34, 2. says, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. You know, we live in a day where people like to boast. You know, you, after a made basket shot, the old pumping of the chest, you know, score a touchdown. There's no telling what you're going to see. I mean, it's all, you know, this, this boast. Full of pride and boast. Christian. The only boast that we should have is our boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear of it and be glad. My God is able. He is more than able. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. My boast is in the Lord and in His ability to do. Where's your confidence? Galatians 6.14 says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, he goes on, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. That's where our boast should be. That's where our confidence should be. I trust fully and completely that His grace is sufficient. I'm not getting to heaven by my own good deeds. My good deeds are filthy rags. You, you, you know me as Pastor Jeremy. You don't know me as the old sinful, wicked, perverse, rascal I once was. But that's why I am so dependent and grateful for the grace of God. But that grace is not to be trampled underfoot. That doesn't give me a license to keep doing and being the person I once was. No when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, there's a transformation of the heart. There's a change in the person. And there's a desire to now follow after Him and His way instead of me and my way. My way leads to death and destruction. And that was the path I was on. And that's the path you're on this morning if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God makes it real clear in His Word. We're all born spiritually dead. We are all born on a path to hell. And unless we are born again, made alive from from the very Spirit of God, we will not desire to turn to God. We will not desire to surrender our life as we know it and follow after Christ. But it's in moments like this, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, it's moments like this where God's extending love and grace. He's tugging at your heart by His Spirit and by His Word saying, I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to die. That's why I demonstrated my love at Calvary. That's why my son Jesus Christ laid His life down. God demonstrated His love for us. While we were still in our sin, Christ died for us. Never question the love of God. God has demonstrated His love. Look at what Jesus went through for you to be redeemed. Look at what He experienced at the hand of His creation. The wicked treatment, the sinful beatings, and the mockery, and the the shame that was thrust upon Him. The pain that was inflicted at the cross. And yet He laid down His life for us. God's not willing any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so if you're here and you don't know Christ, I'm pleading to hear what the Spirit of God is saying through the very Word of God. It's only by the blood of Jesus you can have the wages of sin paid for. But He's paid for it. And He offers His grace to you. Whosoever will, let them come. But our pride keeps us from laying down our life. Our pride keeps us from surrendering. Our intellect causes us to kind of go back and forth with, I don't know about those claims. God is a God of reason. He says, come, let us reason together. Can I tell you the most intellectual faith you can pursue is Christianity. There's no greater intellectual faith than Christianity. The evidence is there it's just that us archaeologists aren't very good diggers dig it out it's there my boast is in the Lord and as we look at this text I want to see we're gonna focus in three major areas today in this text and I want you to see this based upon what Jesus Christ has done and you know what he's been what, what the author of Hebrews has been laying out he's been talking about how the old system he's dealing with predominantly in this in this letter Understand this, this is a letter to a group, of a group of people who are gathered. Many are believers, many are not. Some are on the fence, not sure if they want to follow Christ or go back into Old Testament practices. And so the author is writing and he's making the argument, he's making the case, and he's saying, Look, Jewish audience, you've got the Old Testament oracles. They testified of Jesus. You remember the tabernacle? You remember all of its elements? You remember everything that happened in the sacrificial system? Let me explain how Christ was in every one of those things. These were shadows. These, all these things you guys have been practicing for centuries should have been pointing, and they were, clearly to Jesus Christ. So don't miss it. And again, you know as we've unpacked this passage just the amazing amazing authority that you find when you look at the Old Testament worship in the Old Testament temple and you say, wow, how did they not see Jesus in that? How did they not see that He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? How did they not see that all of these things that are going into the... the the ten of meetings and and then the veil that separates from where only the high priest could go in once a year and on the day of atonement and and offer and sprinkle the blood upon the altar uh, where he would intercede on behalf of mankind but he had to do it yearly and so it didn't do away with sin it just covered the sin for the next year and they'd have to keep coming back and it was a constant reminder of their sin but they did it by faith because one day the Messiah is going to come one day this this religious system will be done away with and Jesus came and now the writer's saying, why don't you get it? Why, 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 don't, why do you want to go back doing those old temple practices? Jesus has fulfilled the law. That's the old covenant. It's fading away. He's brought the new covenant which was purchased in His blood. And so this is, a, again, a, a historical argument that is so solid when you look at thousands and thousands of years that this has been played out from the beginning of time to the coming of Christ. To the time when this was written to where we are today you know i had the privilege this week of of all things sharing the gospel with a direct tv guy i know it's nfl package time so i had to, i had to re-up some of y'all know <laughs> you looked at your husband hmm. anyway but it was really awesome. And guys, did you know you actually have opportunity to share the gospel, especially when they come to your house, and especially if it's a direct TV guy, because he's going to be there five hours. <laughs> I'm just saying. Seriously. You can expect your appointment between 12 and 4. So what does Jeremy do? Waits from 12 to 4. Sorry, technician is behind. You can expect him to arrive between 4 and 4.30. You think? So then 10 o'clock at night, 9.30, he finally finished up. I don't know. So, hey, you're in my house, Bo. I'm, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you what, it was really an awesome thing. And he had never heard. I said, look, man, go to Isaiah 53. Read it. We're talking a thousand years before Jesus is even on the planet, incarnate. A thousand years yet it's written very specifically. When you read through there, there's no mistake on who that is. You will read it and you'll say, oh yeah, that's got to be Jesus. Of course it is, because it is. I said, go to Psalm uh, 22 and read that. We're talking 700 years before Jesus is even on the earth. And look at the detail. They pierce my hands, they pierce my feet. They cast lots for my garment. I mean, dude, this is detail only God knows the beginning to the end and he's laid it out on the pages of Scripture but we don't dig we just go through we're like dumb sheep man there goes some man there goes some more oh hey they're going off the cliff I'll follow you know that's us I'm glad I got a shepherd who loves me and says, man, they need some rescue and let me go down and get these guys. They're in trouble. So the grace of God. And because of what Christ has done, we have confidence, therefore. We have confidence, therefore. And I want to notice, I want to focus on three things. Look here in the text, if you will, because I want you to see this naturally unfold. Okay? We have confidence. So therefore, because of what Christ has done, let us draw near. Verse 22. You see that? We also see in verse 23, let us hold fast. And then we also see, if you look down in verse 24, 25, it says, let us consider one another. These are the admonitions that the writer of Hebrews is making to to the reader. And therefore he's making to us as well. And in this case, he's making this argument uh, to these believers and to us. And so I want us to think about, because of the confidence that we have in the finished work of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ has paid in full the debt that I owe, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because I know that, I can draw near, I can hold fast, and I need to consider you guys. And guess what? You guys need to consider one another. So let's talk about what this means. This is our three-point outline. Notice the first one, the let us draw near. You can say it this way. Let me give you a simple outline. Faith, hope, love. You're going to see it here. You see it? Go ahead and look down through there. You say, faith, hope, love. So let's look at faith first. Let us draw near. By the way, don't everybody stare at my daughter. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Faith, where are you at? Oh, anyway. All right. Let us draw. Yeah, she's a nursery. She's working today. Woohoo! Way to put her to work. Let us draw near. How do we do this? Again, let's look at the text. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's the, that's the authorization we got. All right? We can go into the very presence. Because you remember the argument's been made. The high priest could only go in there once a year. Jesus has torn that down. Now we have full access. Gang, you do not need a priest to intercede for you. You don't need your preacher. You got just as much access to God as I have. Now look, I don't mind praying for you. If you've got a burden, Scripture says we're to pray for one another. By all means, you, you, you call me. We'll pray about it. Absolutely. That's biblical. We do pray together. And, and biblically, yes, God has placed a pastor, and under-shepherd in your life to help shepherd you and help pour into your life. But I just want you to know, based upon the shepherd, Jesus Christ, you have the boldness and humility to enter in to the very presence of God. And you know He gives you promises? If you ask anything according to His will. and See, that's where we miss it. We ask things because we want it. And James talks about that. We we ask amiss because we want to consume it on ourselves. We're kind of selfish people. We're kind of self-centered. That's the whole point of dying to self and taking up our cross and following Jesus. Jesus should be at the center of my life, not self. So when we ask, sometimes praying, well, I don't see God's not answering my prayer. I gave up. I prayed for 20-some years. God never heard me, so therefore I turned my back on God. Really? Maybe, Maybe you're asking amiss. Or maybe the answer's no and you don't like it. That's a possibility. And if the answer's no, it's for my good. And it's for His glory. Now that's a head scratcher too, isn't it? Because sometimes we don't get that. Well, I don't understand why. Because we're reasoning from a fallen mind. Maybe that's it. Maybe I don't have the mind of God in its entirety, you think? Because I'm not God. But if we ask anything according to His will, we have it. He hears us. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven so how do we draw near it's through the blood of Jesus by new and living way which he consecrated for us and remember he's been making the argument it's not about the old covenant it's about the new covenant so by that a new and living way by that by the way that tells you Jesus Christ is not dead he, he, he died for our sin and three days later To prove he is who he is, he took up his own life. Know anybody else ever do that? Raise themselves from the dead and living still today? I don't think so. Well, there was the case of the resuscitation. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, I once heard a story in a funeral party. Not what I'm talking about. There was Lazarus. Yep, he's dead now too. Jesus is the living way. And he consecrated that for us through the veil. And again, when you go back, this, this is the problem with, with studying in 19 to 25. You don't get the full picture. Go back and get the full picture. And he talks about, you know, the temple and the, and the veil. And, and you know when Jesus was crucified and the day that his flesh was pierced. I just envision at the moment that spear goes through or the hands and the nails. And, the, and all of a sudden the veil and the temple pfft, is rent. From top to bottom, do your own little digging on that and the likelihood of that ripping. You might as well go get a Charlotte phone book and go, Err! you know. And you're going to have a lot better chance of that than renting the veil. And again, from top to bottom. only And God did this. And it was symbolic because at the same time, notice what the text says. Uh, we can enter and have boldness, holiness, by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is His flesh. The thing that separated us from God was our sin. And Jesus came and took the sin that you and I had committed against a holy God and Jesus Christ, holy and perfect in all His way, kept the law perfectly, we couldn't. He fulfilled the Mosaic law, the Old Covenant, and He put it to death at the cross of Calvary in the sense that He offers now a new and living way for you and I to access the very Holy of Holies, and that's through Him. He has made atonement once and for all. It is finished. It is done. And because He is our High Priest, we can enter in with confidence because of who he is and having a high priest over the house of god let us draw near you know god wants you to draw near when's the last time you just sort of drew near to god you know pastor nate preached a couple weeks back on spending time in God's Word and gave you all the opportunity to order some quiet times to kind of help sort of point you in a direction and spending time in the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God. And I still encourage you, if you didn't get one and you'd like to, to get one, talk to Pastor Nate because guess what this morning's passage talked about? Somebody wanna, that, that, that did their Word of Life quiet time this morning want to give me a key, key word that was in that Proverbs Three nineteen to twenty six. I think we were in this morning. Somebody want to shout it out? Oh, didn't do you quite time yet, huh? Don't worry, they still still going. You got time. Somebody find it. Look at the end of that verse. Confidence. Confidence. Yeah, I told Alice, I said, "Oh, this is good stuff. This is exactly what we're talking about today." And he talked about in his message how you know we're all on the same page when we're reading the same scriptures, and we're meditating, we're chewing on it, and then you come into church and you hear things like this, and if you go back and read that passage, I'm telling you, it's, it's good stuff. It lines up with exactly what we're talking about. Why? Because it's God's Word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's at work in our midst. Because why? We're the living organism. We are the local church. We are the body of Christ, tangible for folks to see, and therefore, as this message will challenge us today let us draw near let us hold fast let us consider one another so how do we do this well there's some things that are laid out here number one we draw near with sincerity draw near with belief and draw near without guilt again look at the text let's draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and again he's still playing on the imagery of the old testament temple practices and these these priests as, as you as the sacrifice would come in and they get all bloody and they would offer the sacrifice and they would go to the laver and they would wash and clean with the water and so you see the imagery he still uses here but yet once a year the conscience was never clear they knew they're gonna to have to come back next year there was always a reminder that, yeah, I'm good for now, but my sin's still here. This is just an external covering. And so the writer is saying, look, man, all that's been cleared. It's been cleaned. Christ has done it. It's finished. Therefore, we can draw near with sincerity. No religious pretense. Church, let me tell you something. You don't have to wear a mask. Whew! let me get rid of that thing you don't have to wear a mask you don't have to pretend to be religious here's an idea here's a novelty why don't we actually start being genuine with each other now look I can say this community Baptist Church is awesome you guys are awesome you're a bunch of sinners just like your pastor and we recognize because of that Whoa! I'm in desperate need of a Savior. That's why when you come to me and you share with me out of humility a struggle, I don't say, get the rocks! Out of here! Be gone, heathen! Be gone! Now, if I do that, the rest of you throw them at me, okay? No, man. Look, we're We're people. Hey, I got family members too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, right? Next Thanksgiving and Christmas get-together. I know what you say when you get in your car. I just, you know, that's all I can take. (laughs) Oh, y'all have them too, huh? Okay. Just making sure. But guys, we can be real about our struggles. We can pour our hearts into each other. And we should be able to do that, hear this out, without betrayal. In confidence. That's not an acceptance. That's not an acceptance of a lifestyle of sin. Don't miss what I'm saying. When the woman was called in adultery, Jesus made the comment, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they all cleared out. But Jesus said to the lady, go and sin no more. There was a call to repentance. There was a call not to continue practicing the lifestyle. There's a difference between stumbling and wallowing in the mud. You understand my point? So, we can draw near with sincerity. A true heart. No religious pretense. We can draw near with belief. Full assurance of faith. Believe in simple faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want your faith to be stronger? Then intake the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you want your faith to be stronger, intake the Word of God. But here's what it means. I'm not just a hearer. I'm a doer. I actually trust what God is telling me? Do you really trust what God is telling you? Do we really hold to the promises that God is giving us? Worry about nothing. But in all things, with prayer and supplication, make your request be known. (laughs) When's the last time you worried? Okay? Oh, you of little faith. I mean isn't this the words of Christ go into all the world preach the gospel right don't worry about what you're gonna eat don't worry about what you're gonna wear don't worry about where you're gonna live look at the the lilies of the field Solomon in all his glory richest man in the world by the way never was clothed like this look at the birds of the air they don't toil they don't, they don't store up their 401k in the barn How much more does your heavenly Father love you? Oh, ye of little faith. We are, though, aren't we? I mean, think of Peter walked on the water for crying out loud and took his eyes off Christ. You know, save me! So we understand it, but your help is in the word your confidence is in Christ so let us draw near draw near with sincerity draw near with a sincere and full assurance of faith draw near without guilt notice what he talks about hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and again the imagery of what the high priest would do in the holiest of holies to atone for the sin he lays it out here we become guilt-free only when our conscience is clear now this is why if you are in a sin God uses that conscience to say, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, Holy Spirit says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And now, I need to take God at His word. If you confess your sin, He's faithful and just, and He will cleanse you. He will forgive you of your sin, and He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you know what that requires? Humility. It, 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 I have to be willing to come to God and surrender. And say, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm a sinner. I, you know my heart. You know my life. You know everything. You know this is an open book before you. I'm sick of it, God. I want to be done with it. I want to give it to you. I'm sorry. Repentance, guys. Confession. But he makes you a promise that if you confess your sin, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you. Now there are consequences sometimes that follow that that have to be played out. Even though you've confessed it, even though there's right standing with God, sometimes our sins, as we know, don't just affect this relationship, they affect these relationships. But humility, again, gives me the grace I need to walk through the consequences. Holding strong to the assurance and promises of God. And that's faith. That's trust in what God says. And He will never leave you. And He will never forsake you. So, let us draw near. Romans 5, 2 says, Through whom also we have access by faith. Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That, uh, and then Hebrews, he's going to find out in the next chapter, Lord willing, if we get there. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Definition of faith it's the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Again, it's as good as done. It's not like, well, I hope it don't rain tomorrow. It's not that kind of hope, folks. It's like a Pittsburgh Steeler fan watching that last uh, football game the other day and saying, on rewind, well, I hope Pittsburgh wins in the last second. That's that kind of hope, because they did. It's done. They knew it, and they watch it and rewind. Guys, this is finished. So our hope is... And our faith is in the substance of things that we still hope for, but it's done because God's eternal. God's outside of time. He transcends time. That's why He refers to Himself in Scripture as I am. Only a transcending God outside of the timeline can be a very present God. Do you understand that concept? Think with me for a second. If, If time is confound from beginning to end, Time, space, and matter is confound in there, which, by the way, God says in Romans that you see the Godhead, the invisible things of the Godhead, three in one, in, in everything around us. Husband, wife, child, family unit. Time, space, matter. Me, myself, and I. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, just going. Um, but beginning of time, end of time. God transcends that. He's eternal. He's not bound by time. So, therefore, when he refers to himself in scripture, when most of the, Who should I say, send me? I am. That's why he knows this very moment. That's why he knows what holds and happens tomorrow. He transcends it. Whew, man, that ought to give you some great confidence about tomorrow. And it ought to give you great sufficiency for today. So, we press on. Let us draw near. We saw this uh, word hope. Man, look what time it is! I know y'all hope we hurry and wrap it up. Mm mm mm. Yep, hope. Let us hold fast. You know what? I am gonna. I'm gonna stop. Woo! Write it down. Well, y'all know that's Baptist for we got another fifteen minutes. But hold on. I talked about my daughter, now I talked about the Shook's daughter. But anyway, we'll, who's next? <laughs> Faith and hope, all right. Guys, let, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's tie it up here with this thought. When we go through this passage and we look at the sufficiency in Christ, when we look at He is the one who came into this world to be our high priest, that He has blazed a way to glory, and He says to whosoever will let them come, we ought to be able to come with confidence. Not in us. Not in our abilities. But in who He is. In His finished work. His grace is sufficient. And I'll leave this thought as we, as we, get, as we wrap this up. If you do not know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, I'm begging you. Let today be your day of salvation. God brought you under the sound of the gospel that you might respond. And He makes you a promise that if you come to Him, He won't cast you out. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Are you willing to lay down your life and exchange it for the life that Christ offers you? That's what's happening at the cross. Jesus says, I will take your life of sin and I will give you my righteousness so that one day when you step out of this world you will stand in the presence of my Father, your Creator, the one who gives you breath. But He won't see you in the sins that you've done, the thoughts that you've had in your evil conscience the wickedness of your heart. He won't see that because of the blood of Christ has been shed for you. And it atones. It doesn't just cover you. It removes it. As far as the east is from the west. That we can stand one day in confidence in Christ. Knowing we're right with God. I invite you to respond to that in this moment. You don't have to walk an aisle. You can deal with God right where you're at. Confess that sin. I'm a sinner, God, and I need a Savior. Please, save me. Give me this new and living hope that's being laid out in the Scripture. Surrender your life and receive Christ today to be your Lord and Savior. He says, if as many as receive Him... To them, He gives the right to become the children of God. That exchange can happen right here in your heart, right now, in this closing moment. I'm going to ask the praise team to come on, but I also want to ask the rest of the church to do something. Number one, pray that if there is any heart here that needs to be right with God, that it will be settled right here. All eternity uh, hangs in the ballads, and that we will pray for that salvation. But I also want to invite and ask, before you guys start striking up the band, I want to ask, today is declared National Day of Prayer. Churches all around America, and I imagine around the world, are praying for the relief in the Harvey devastated area. If you're you're willing and you're able-bodied, if you're not senior saint, somebody, you know, you're more comfortable, stay where you are. But if you're willing and able-bodied, I want to ask you to come up here to a makeshift altar, in bow and, and prayer on here, up here at the stage at the altar. And I want to have some closing prayer time, right where you, up, wherever you are and right up here, and let's petition God on behalf of these people who are struggling, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who need to experience the healing hope and love of Christ in this moment. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, we can get a glimpse of what happened here. Uh, terrible. So the altar is open, as they used to say what you can.